Welcome to Trailblazing with Corporate Price, where we present new and fresh perspectives that challenge how you approach change to solve some of the biggest challenges faced by business and government leaders today. Here's our host, Andy Corbett, to introduce the second episode in our series on embracing organisational change. Hi everyone, Andy Corbett here, Managing Director of Corbett Price. Thanks for joining us again for our second podcast series on embracing organisational change. In this series, we're speaking with trailblazers on ways organisational leaders can approach, manage and embrace uncomfortable but very necessary change. In our first episode, I spoke with Steve Brady from TAFE New South Wales on how leaders must shift their mindsets and lead to empower their employees. And during this invaluable discussion, Steve shared how TAFE New South Wales continues to embrace change and adapt to the evolving needs of its customers, as well as his key thoughts to other leaders on keeping a positive mindset when facing and adapting to organizational change. And so today we'll tackle a pivotal change facing organizations in their quest to gain more efficiency. To do this, we'll be discussing how an operating model approach can really help achieve operational efficiency that drives better service delivery outcomes for customers. And according to McKinsey, the top four root causes of organizational inefficiency are complex structures, unclear roles and responsibilities, unwieldy governance models, and redundant activities. And as organizations seek to remedy these causes by changing their org structures and redeploying their resources, they walk a fine line between making significant improvements and alienating their staff and customers. So what's the best approach? We're here to discuss how operating model approaches help organizations gain a clear picture of the operating environment and achieve operational efficiency is Dan Bowes. Dan is Revenue New South Wales Executive Director of Taxes and Grants Products, leading the team of 700 people working in business taxes, property taxes and duties. And as you all know, Revenue New South Wales is part of the very successful Department of Customer Service. The team raised over $35 billion of revenue annually and distributes vital grants to support communities and businesses. Dan has a background in banking and process improvement and has previously held business development and strategy roles at Revenue New South Wales. Dan, thank you for joining us today on this podcast. Thanks, Andy. Nice to be here. So, Dan, to begin with, a lot of the work that Revenue New South Wales does is obviously extremely complex. Um, You know, given the fact you're a regulator, you're dealing with multiple issues in a rapidly changing environment, at the same time striving to be the world's most innovative and customer-centric revenue agency. I've just spoken through the top four root causes identified McKinsey of organisational inefficiency. They include complex structures, unclear roles and responsibilities, unwieldy governance models, and also redundant activities. So how does your area ensure that you're efficiently delivering for customers? Thanks, Andy. Um, So Revenue New South Wales has a really broad customer base. Um, So obviously I work in the taxes and grants area, 
We also have uh, finds area. And so whether you're a company or a person or a big company or a small company, you'll probably um, be one of Revenue South Wales customers at some point or other. Um, and so in, in my area, um, we mainly deal with big companies. Um, we deal with mining companies, we deal with supermarkets. We also deal with lots of people, ordinary people who buy houses. Um, so for us, it was really important that we figure out how we can make sure we're aligned with what our customers actually need from us. Um, and so the way we're structured reflects that. And we did a piece of work a few years ago where we consciously reviewed how we were organized uh, and thought about lots of different options. So were we going to be aligned by type of customer, whether you're a business or whether you're a person? You know, would we be aligned by process? Would we have a team that just did new accounts, a team that just did customer service? Actually, what makes sense for us is to be aligned in the groups you talked about. Um, so business taxes, we deal with big businesses generally. Property taxes, we tend to deal with other kinds of businesses or people. Uh, and, and then in our duties area, of course, we're dealing with um, kind of complex property transactions. And so we don't have much crossover between those different revenue streams uh, of customers. And so it makes sense for us to organize ourselves like that. And I think the key to that is that, you know, our role as a revenue agency is quite simple in a sense, that we're here to give people accurate tax assessment or to help them accurately self-assess. And on the grant side of things, we're here to make sure that people get paid the right amount of money that they're, they're um, allowed to or they're entitled to under the law. But to do those things is actually quite a complex process. And I think we have to reflect the complexity that's there in real life. So if you're a big company, you've probably got quite complex arrangements in place. Um, if you are one of our land tax customers, which is a, which is a tax on properties that people don't um, own and live in, um, they tend to have quite complex arrangements as well. So it's really important that we're able to reflect the complexity of real life and help people match that or we match it to the complexity of the tax legislation because it can be quite complex. Um, and so by really thinking about what it is we need to help customers do, we're able to boil it down to quite a few things that we actually focus on, which is what our operating model really helps us do. So we focus on being accurate. That's probably what most people would expect from a revenue um, organization. Um, and because we're dealing with large amounts of money, but we can deal with dealing with large amounts of money, we try and be as quick as we can to let people know what their tax assessment is or to confirm they've self-assessed the right amount. Um, and of course, if you are eligible for a grant, you probably want that in a nice, timely, speedy fashion as well. So those are the two things we try and focus on, um, as well as thinking about the broader impact of the work we do on everyone in New South Wales, all the businesses and all, all, all the people. We don't just think about interacting with those customers directly, we think about, well, how does that impact everybody else? So try an obvious, obvious, obvious point, be as fair and impartial as possible. And so I think that's what, um, is, is uh, our key strength, I think, is the way we're organized allows real ownership of the teams that work in revenue for those customer groups. It allows them to really think about what customers uh, need. And we have all sorts of mechanisms these days for finding that out. Um, lots of customer focus groups, do lots of design thinking, um, 
all sorts of stuff. And so we try and build the knowledge of the people in those teams to understand what customers need and to really kind of self-organize and design the work so it meets those customer expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a lot of organizations have, have really uh, experienced a lot of success in, in having a more customer-centric operating model. And it sounds, you know, like Revenue New South Wales have, uh, have enjoyed a lot of success as well with their particular operating model. Could you just describe some of the improvements that you've seen through implementing your approach? Yeah, we've, um, like I said, you know, I see our main job as helping customers comply with their obligations and so making it easy to comply in the first place. Um, and I know as a normal person who has to work with the ATO to pay my own income tax, um, it's very daunting. And so what we focus on over the years is probably the same as lots of other organisations in terms of improving how our website works, the information we provide. We do um, you know, a fair amount of um, customer education, so seminars, web seminars, lots of outreach as well. Um, and I guess important for us as well is we're not just working with the end customer, we work quite a lot with intermediaries. So whether they're solicitors, tax agents, conveyancers, for stamp duty, things like that. So um, there's a lot of effort we put into that. Um, and I think you know behind the scenes, we're going through a massive revolution. Um, we deal with large amounts of, of data, large amounts of information that customers give us, large amounts of information that we get from other, other um, mechanisms, we get it directly from the ATO. We have lots of our kind of external data sources, which we use to build a picture of what our customers' situations are. And that really helps us make sure that customers are getting their tax assessments accurately as quickly as possible. And that has massively changed over time. I think if you think back to the, you know, many decades ago where everything was manual, you'd probably write and tell us something once a year, we'd update our records once a year. Um, you know, we are trying to keep pace with the modern world, reflect the increasing complexity of customers' arrangements, um, reflect the, you know, the kind of expectations of straight through digital processing from our customer online customer experience, and making sure that's all backed by kind of a seamless flow of data that's making sure we are as accurate as possible when we are either checking someone's self-assessment or actually creating a bill ourselves. Yeah, excellent. That's great. So I guess as part of identifying, designing and, and implementing your strategy at Revenue New South Wales, you must have come across some challenges. Could you just describe what, what challenges you did, uh, you did come across and how did you successfully collaborate within and across these teams and functions to solve them? So as well as um, collecting revenue, um, during the COVID period, and actually probably before that, with a lot of the bushfires and, and floods and things, um, we turned into a, a much more of a grants organisation than we ever have been before. I think during COVID, we probably, you know, the number, exact number is somewhere around $10 billion, 10 billion that we gave out in grants in conjunction with Service New South Wales and other kind of forms of, of, of relief. And that was a very challenging time for everyone um, and challenging for us, of course. But one of the good things that came out of it was our uh, ability to work with Service New South Wales massively accelerated. 
So I've been at Revenue pre that period and I'm still there now. And the in the olden days, you know, we found it quite challenging to work with organisations across government, much more challenging than we do now. Um, but I think having that pressure cooker of having to do things very quickly, particularly with Service New South Wales, building a seamless online experience so you can go through service straight to us um, for fines and for the tax partner business is, you know, I don't think we would have got to where we are now if we hadn't had that experience of having to deliver very complex things at high speed. And so recently we've launched a new land tax online experience. Um, I think previously we had a very small number of land tax customers who could come directly to us through the service New South Wales and now all customers can, purely because of the kind of the architectural patterns and all the rest of it. But actually really it's about ways of working. So connections in the organization, expectations that will do things a certain way yeah. and kind of building the muscle memory so we're able to rapidly, you know, work with service to do a proper end-to-end -end understanding of the customer journey, which bits they're really good at, which bits we're really good at. And that's a, a, a kind of rinse and repeat pattern that we've used over and over again now over the last few years. So it can be very complicated to work with other parts of government, other parts of any organisation, um, and even complicated to work within an agency like Remedy. I mean, we're not massive, but even more big enough, I think, to, for it to be difficult sometimes. And so um, I think what that taught me, the whole COVID thing, was something that we thought was difficult and could be a pain sometimes, actually just kind of reached that breakthrough moment where it became just the way we work. And I always thought that was a, a cliche in the past, that kind of whole thing around DNA, it's the way we work. But I've been through that experience now here where it really is different to how it used to be just a few years ago. Yeah, excellent. That's great. Thanks, Dan. Um, and my next question is really on this idea of um, of employee engagement as a as a key outcome of uh, the approaches that you just mentioned there. So, I guess one of the significant outcomes I see in organisations that have increased their efficiency in delivering customer service through an operating model approach is that it helps to really enhance employee engagement. Can you explain how the entire team's role is essential to improving customer processes and outcomes? Yeah, that's a great question. It's one that I have thought about a lot over my career, actually. And I've had, you know, I've worked in lots of different places. I've worked in India for a few years. I've worked in the UK, obviously, um, and here. And the one thing I've always thought is you know, the people who are doing the work that you're trying to improve every day, the people who already know how to improve it. And that's exactly the same as it is at Revenue. I was really impressed when I first started there, like genuinely impressed at people's customer service ethos. Um, they really wanted to help customers, or each customer they spoke to. Um, you know, we hire people at Revenue who like getting into the detail. That's what makes them good tax people who work in a tax agency. Um, and, and they love it. I mean, they love getting into the complexity of the customer's arrangements and trying to figure something out. And they're always trying to get to the accurate result. Like they've got a real focus on nothing else, just trying try, try to get it right, take it very seriously. Um, and I think the way we're organized in our kind of product teams, as I said earlier, is great because it allows them not to just kind of think about the customer in front of them, but to think about all the customers that they, they deal with. And think about it as something that they can kind of mentally 
get their arms around, whether you're the director of business taxes or whether you're, you know, um, someone working in payroll tax operations, you've got the opportunity to think about what's experience like for all these customers. And every day they're seeing the thing that, that can be improved. Yeah, some people describe it as a culture of innovation. I think that's quite hard to measure and quite hard to, you can't compare a government agency to somewhere like Google and say, well, they've got a culture of innovation like what we have, they're just different people, different circumstances. But what you can do is make sure that you are listening to what people are telling you about what they're seeing, what things are wrong and what things can change. And you can think about all the latent skills that people have in those teams and how else they can bring them to bear on, on process improvement or customer improvement. Um, and one of our real challenges at Revenue is we've got a, it, you know, it takes a long time to become a skilled assessor for us. You know, like I said before, tax legislation can be quite complex. Customer um, affairs and arrangements are very complex a lot of the time. And so being able to piece that all together is quite a skilled job. And so people come to us, we train them, and it takes a while to get fully competent. Um, and then there's another job to do, which is how do how does that all work compared to the complexity of just running an organization? So we've got complex revenue processes, we've got complex um, digital processes and all the rest of it. And so the next step, I think, once you've kind of got people understanding what customers want, um, what their experience is like, understanding the, some of the complexity around the work, is then how do they then get the opportunity and the skills to start improving the work? And it can be very complicated, you know. Building, just like I said, we launched a Landtax web, a new customer portal a few months ago. It's an incredible amount of work to do that. Highly complicated, new technology optimized for the cloud. We have to have a whole load of business SMEs who can work on that alongside the digital SMEs. And so I think, that's the way to get a culture of innovation is listen to listen to your customers. Lots of ways to do that, but the people who are talking to customers every day and know the pain points, know what they what we need to do to improve. How do you lift their ideas up and how do you get them involved? Whether it's in, in whether it's a small change or whether it's a large change, to kind of harness the powers that, that they have. You know, people will come and be a land tax assessor or will actually be really good at understanding data. Or people will be a land tax assessor and actually be amazing um, test, test analysts and go and work in digital. Or people will come and there's a, a lady we've got who um, has turned out to be this amazing project manager. He's kind of run this really, helped run this really complicated digital change. And no one knew, no one knew that she had that skill, she probably didn't know herself. Mm. But, you know, give people the opportunity and plenty of them will rise to, rise to the challenge and do an amazing job. So I think, in summary, like a great culture is one of the precursors, isn't it, for process improvement and customer uh, outcome improvement. And how you get that, I think, and I've seen a few times, is you just harness the, the skills that everyone has. You know, we're turning people into, you know, turning people into data, data scientists sometimes who would never have thought that they would be able to do it. And, and for us, that's really important because there's only a few people in the world who understand New South Wales tax legislation. Mm. And so, you know, you don't want someone sitting there for 40 years just doing the same thing and looking for a digital program manager 
who understands tax legislation on the market, because there probably aren't any, or it's very few, or the cost of fortune. And so it's, it's, it's up to us to kind of um, give people the opportunity to become those people themselves. Yeah, excellent. Love that. So before we close our conversation today, Dan, um, do you have top three tips that you can share with our audience around, you know, if they're looking to implement changes to improve how they deliver efficiently and effectively for their customers, you know, what from your experience, whether it be a revenue or before that, what would your top three tips be for, for those people? Um, so these are my own personal top three tips um, from my experience. So I think the first one is, I've just talked about actually, which is that there's always someone there who knows what to do and how to make things better. Um, there is a lady called Alyssa who works on our land tax team, who I must have been there for a few months. And she said something to me and it was like a light bulb moment. It's one of those classic, I'm like, oh, I understand what one of our big opportunities is now. And like for her, it was just, yeah, that's obvious. But for me, being new, it was like a, an, an, this amazing sun came out from behind the cloud. And so my top tip number two is, I think there's always a light bulb moment. Wherever you are, whatever job you're doing, I think there's always some amazing thing that you can do that will transform the way it works. That's, every job I've had, that's always been the case. You've just got to think about your customer needs, you know, We've all been through human-centered design and agile and previously lean and six and they all say the same thing. Listen, find, try and find out what your customer needs and find out how well you're doing it. Find out all the big opportunities to improve. And it's not, uh, it's not, you know, it's, generally it's not a very complicated answer. People already know it. You've just got to go and speak to the right people. Mm. Um, and then I think once you once you understand what the big thing is you, you can try and do to change, it's having a destination in mind. I think that's where operating models are important. So not only think about how the processes themselves will look, you've got to think about all the systems and structures that support that. So whether it's your org design, whether it's the kind of people you want in the roles that you're designing, um, or whether it's kind of some of the incentive systems that sit behind it, or some of the governance processes, all of that's really, really important. And having an ability to kind of paint the picture of where you're gonna go is a thing that will motivate people to try and help you. And so, great to have an idea, gotta get the right people helping you. And I guess for all of that, you know, you wanna think about what's the culture that you want to try and engender that underpins all of that change. So I think three things, listen to the people who talking to customers every day because they'll know what, what you need to do um, I think always be confident that there's something you can do that will make a massive difference and I think the third thing then is think about all the things that think about the future in lots of different ways and how it needs to look and then able to paint that picture sets a destination and I guess it helps bring the team with you love that thank you Dan it's, uh, it's always uh, important to really paint that picture of the, the vision and make sure everyone's really aligned on what that vision is. So I think that's a really excellent tip there. And thank you very much for all your insights today, all the, uh, the answers you provided. Appreciate you coming on the, uh, on the podcast and uh, we will uh, we'll speak again soon. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed listening to Dan today and found his examples and approaches valuable. A full transcript of this episode is available to download 
from our website, which is www.corbettsprice.com.au forward slash podcast. That's www.corbettsprice.com.au forward slash podcast. Please tune in next week as we talk with Julie Etchells. Julie is the Chief Human Resources Officer at the Department of Child Safety, Seniors and Disability Services in the Queensland Government. And we'll be talking to Julie on our third transformational change of realising diversity, equity and inclusion aspirations. Thank you for listening and speak to you again next time.